This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. G'day. Thanks for joining us. My name's Nathan. I'm the lead pastor of LifeGate Church, and I have the privilege of bringing the word to you today. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in. So I encourage you to pray with me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's in your word that you speak to us about who you are and how you want us to respond to you. Father, as we open it today, that you would speak to us, give us ears open, hearts open to hear from you. And may you anoint me with this task, even now of preaching your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, I was five years old when I was first taken to church by my parents. And I had the privilege of being part of a kids program from the age of five up to the age of like 13, 14 years of age on a a Sunday morning. And I I had great teachers that that taught me about Jesus and how God wanted me to respond to him. And let me say that if you're a teacher who teaches kids in a kids program on a Sunday or you're a scripture teacher at school, I just want to celebrate you right now because what you're doing, you are influencing the the next generation of, of Christian leaders and pastors. In, in this nation and maybe around the world. So I just want to say to you, well done and keep on going. I uh, want to take you now to a, uh, a lesson that I had when I was about 13 years of age. We had a teacher. This is, in the, this is in the Sunday Kids program. And he asks us this question. He says, what do you lose by becoming a Christian? Interesting question, hey. He said, what do you lose by becoming a Christian? And his answer was this. He said, well, well, not much. Being a Christian means that you're nice to people and you give up your Sunday mornings and you go to church. Now, I'm not sure how you respond to that, but that answer is not right. Because when we look at what the Bible teaches us, the Bible teaches us that if you're a Christian, you are called to be all in, where every part of your life, comes under the authority of Jesus, where you work out that, uh, that our life isn't about me, but it's actually about God and God's story. And God invites me to be part of his story, where all my life come under his authority and his leadership and, and I live for him. You know, when uh, Jesus was speaking to his disciples, we're told in Luke chapter 9, he says, Whoever wants to be my disciple or whoever wants to be my follower, whoever wants to be a Christian must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Jesus says, um, Jesus says that, if, that if we want to be a Christian, if we want to be a follower of Jesus, it means that we deny our passions, our desires, the things that drive us, and we say no to that and we choose his way. We choose his passions. We choose his desire. We choose to follow him. The other thing he says, he says that we must take up our cross daily. Now, to take up your cross is, um, is language about dying to self. The cross meant death. It was the most horrible way to die in the uh, Roman Empire. They used it for the most horrible of criminals. And Jesus is using the cross around death to mean that if you want to be a Christian, It means dying to your passions, to your desires. It's denying what what, what you want and choosing his his way, his way of living. 
And then he goes on in verse 4, 24 to say, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. And he's talking about the now and eternity. And he says, whoever wants to save his life now, in other words, whoever wants to live for themselves now, reject what God wants. You will not have life, eternal life. But if you choose to lay down your life now, your passions, your desires, and you choose God's way, you choose his desires, you choose um, following him, well, then you gain eternal life. You know, being a Christian is, is a, not a part-time thing. It's not a casual thing. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing where I ask God, God, what do you want for my life? How do you want me to live? And we choose to live His way. Friends, it's about living all in. It's about, number one, having a desire. There's this, there's this desire within us to live a life that, that pleases Him. And secondly, it's about being deliberate. It's about saying, God, I'm going to deliberately make choices that are please you, that honour you. Now, as we talk about this idea of being deliberate, what I want to do today is talk to you about going against the flow. You know, in our society today, and I've got my society T-shirt on, in our society today, in our peer groups, in our friendship groups, on social media, the, the world, society, friendship groups, peer groups, try to tell us how to live. And sometimes that's in alignment with our, what God says. Our laws were, were based on Judeo-Christian values. And our law says, uh, don't murder. It says, don't steal. It says, slavery is wrong. It says, abusing kids is wrong. And all those things line up with what God says. So we uh, don't want to go against the flow in those areas. And, the, and society actually um, values some of the things that God values. God says that we should care for people in need, and so does society. Society says we should value human life, that we should show respect to people. And, and are, these are things that are in alignment with our, what God says. So when I talk about going against the flow, I'm not talking about going against the flow in every area where society says this is the way to go. But what I'm talking about is going against the flow where what society says and what your peer group says is opposite to what God says where we look at what society says and says that is different to what the world says. That's when we're called to go against the flow. I remember as a kid, we used to um, go to a friend's house or multiple friend's houses and they had swimming pools that looked like this, these above ground swimming pools. And what we used to do was, was uh, get in the pool and everyone would go to the edge of the pool and then go around the outside, go around the outside, all heading in the same direction and you create a whirlpool, and the water would go really, really fast, and, and eventually you could just float. But uh, what became really, really difficult was when, when the water was moving really quickly was to go against the flow. If you tried to swim against it, it was really difficult. And so it is for believers today. You know, the our voice of society, the voice of your peers, the voice of social media and the media can be so strong that it can be difficult for us to go against the flow, to say no to the things that are, that are opposite to what God wants, to say no to that and choose God's way. But if we're a Christian and if we want to be all in for God, in our lives it means that we need to say no to the things that don't please God, to say no to the things where, our, where, our, where our, the Bible says that we should say no to 
and we need to go against the flow and choose to honour God. In our All In series, we've looked at um, Noah, we've looked at Abraham, we've looked at Joseph, we've looked at Moses. And today, I want to talk to you about Joshua. He was a guy who was both all in, and there was, a, there was, a, there was a, a, an event in his life where he had to go against the flow. Joshua was uh, born in Egypt as, a, as belonging to the people of Israel. And he's one of the people who Moses brought out of Egypt um, across the Red Sea down to Mount Sinai. And the uh, first time we hear about Joshua is actually in Exodus chapter 17. The, the people have come out of Egypt. They've, they've, they've crossed the Red Sea. And then there's a people group that have come to wage war against the Israelites. And Moses, who is the leader at the time, says, I need someone to lead the army against the Amalekites. And Moses chooses Joshua to lead the army against the Amalekites. And Joshua says, yes, he does that. And the army is defeated. You know, Joshua was a guy who was all in and willing to risk his life for his people. The second time we read about Joshua is in Exodus chapter 24, where, where now Joshua is described as Moses' aid. And Moses goes up the mountain to hear from God, and he's up there for 40 days. And, and the people think that Moses is dead and they have a big party, but, but, but Joshua is, is sitting on the mountain. He hasn't gone all the way up. He's about halfway up waiting for Moses to return. Joshua waits 40 days on his own, waiting for Moses to return. An amazing guy talked about his honouring of his leader and he's willing to do whatever it took for his leader. The third time we see about Joshua is in Exodus chapter 33. We're told that Moses had a tent outside the camp and he would go in that tent and talk, to, talk with God face to face. And Joshua would sit outside the tent. But when Moses left the tent and went somewhere else, the Bible tells us that Joshua would stay at the tent, no doubt because he wanted to experience the presence of the Lord. He was a man. He was really passionate about God and his presence. The, the event that I want to take, take you to today is from Numbers chapter 13, where Joshua went against the flow, where everybody said we should do this, and him and a guy named Caleb said no, we should choose to honour God. The event is in Numbers chapter 13 where, where uh, God says to Moses, hey, send some spies out into the promised land. The uh, Israelites have been in the desert. They've, they've, they've gone to Mount Sinai. They've uh, got the law and then they start to head up towards Canaan, which is the land that uh, God had promised to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Moses, to the Israelites that God was going to give them this land. And they start to head up. And before they enter, God says to them, go and send some spies in. So Moses chooses 12 men, one man from, the, one man from each tribe of Israel. And these 12 men go in and they find an incredible land, just like God said, flowing with milk and honey and grapes and fertile. And it's an incredible place. But there are people groups living there who have fortified cities and the people are really, really tall and big and strong. Let's have a look at this passage from Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to pick it up from verse 27, then we're going to jump over to Numbers chapter 14. So if you've got your Bibles or your devices, I encourage you to open it and follow it along. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. 
They gave Moses this account. So, so, these, those, so the 12 men, the 12 spies go into the land. They are spied out. They, they, they come back to Moses and report what they found. They gave Moses this command. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit, and they brought some grapes back. Verse 28. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. Then verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Verse 31. But the man who, who, who had gone up with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. And the people we saw there are of great size. Now jumping over to chapter 14. That night, all the members of the community, that's the Israelite people, they raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of that person, Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their robes. There's Joshua there. They tore their robes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But then we read this. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. They didn't like what they said. And as a result, the Israelite community said, no, we're not going. The Israelite community listened to the 10 voices. Even though Joshua and Caleb, two voices said, it's going to be okay. God has promised the land to us. Yes, it's going to be hard, but we can do it. The community listened to the 10 voices. They didn't go. And God's punishment was, well, that generation was not going to enter the land. Anyone over the age of 20 would spend the next 40 years walking in the desert and that, and that generation would die out, except for Caleb and Joshua, who were going to lead everyone under the age of 20 and everyone born after that into the promised land. That community missed out because they chose not to obey God. They chose fear. They chose the voices rather than obeying God. You know, in, this, in this passage, we see three different responses. The first response is from the spies, and, and their response is this, self-protection. They knew the promises of God. They knew that God said, you can, you can have that land. But they saw the armies, they saw the people, and rather than trust God, they went with self-protection, and they didn't go in. The second response we see is from the Israelite people. They chose to follow the loudest voices, the loudest voices of the 10 spies rather than the two. And rather than obeying God, they followed the voices of the, of the, they followed the loudest voices. The third response is Joshua. 
Joshua and Caleb. And this is how they, this is how they responded. They went against the flow. Everybody else said, don't go, it's a bad idea. But these men knew the promises of God. They realised it was going to be tough, but yet they chose to obey God. They wanted to obey God. So they told the people, it's okay, we can go in. God is with us. And they went against the flow. You know, as we look at those three responses, I wonder which response you can relate to the most. The first response is the 10 spies, which which, which talked about self-protection. And as we talk about this, this idea of going against the flow, is self-protection one of your motivators? You know, maybe you're in a peer group or, in, or you've got some friends and your friend's saying, hey, let's do this. It's, 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 it's okay for us to do this. We think we should do this. But you know it's not what God wants for you. You know it's not God's best for you. But, but, but rather than standing up to your friends and saying, no, I'm not going to do that because of what what our God has said to you, you choose to go along with them because you can, you, you're concerned for yourself. You are trying to protect yourself. Because if you say no to your friends, but what's, what's that going to mean for you? How are your friends going to treat you? Are they going to reject you? Are they going to say, we, want you to, we don't want you hanging out with us anymore. We don't want you to be our friend anymore. You know, one of the responses we can have is self-protection. Rather than obeying God, we can choose to please the people around us, which is really about protecting ourselves. The second response you could have is you could follow the loudest voice. You know, in our society today, our, our world declares what's okay, what's normal, and those voices are really, really, really strong. And God's voice sometimes can be the quiet voice. And if you're not in the Bible daily, God's voice can be really quiet. If you just come to church or you watch online and you hear the preacher preaching for 30 minutes every Sunday, that's a small voice compared to clicking on social media and going into the workplace and in universities and your schools. And and those voices are very different. And it's easy for us to follow the loudest voice. And the reality is society's voice is louder than, than our God's voice in most people's lives. And it's easy for us to follow that voice rather than God's voice. And I, I wonder if that's where you're at today. You're choosing to follow the loudest voice rather than God's voice. Or maybe the third response that we see from Joshua and Caleb, where these men went against the flow, or maybe that's your response. Maybe society's saying this, your peer group's saying this, your friends are saying this is okay, but you know what God says and you are choosing to stand for God. You are choosing to obey God and say no to what your friends say. You're saying no to copying what your friends do because you want to honour God with your life. And if that's true for you, you're living a life that is all in. Because if we want to live an all-in life, it means that we have to go against the flow. We need to say no to the things that our friends say, that society says, that, that they say is okay, that are opposed to what God says. If you want to be all-in, there are times in our lives we need to go against the flow. You know, as I, as I think about my life, and I think about my life going against the flow, I have to really think back to when I first started getting serious about walking with the Lord because I reckon that as you walk with the Lord longer, I'm now 42, I got serious about Jesus at the age of 17. And it's as you walk more and more with the Lord, it becomes easier and easier to go against the flow, I think, because God does a transforming work in your life. And so when I think back to the age of 17, when I got serious about God, my life looked like the flow. 
My life looked like what, what my peer group said was okay. And so the first thing God challenged me on was swearing. I used to swear like all my other friends swore. I didn't swear at home because mum would, mum would fix me up for that. But when I was at school and with my peer group, they would swear and I would use the same language as them. And, and uh, when, I recommitted a lot, when I recommitted my life to God at the age of 17, when I got serious about God, that's the thing that God put in my heart. The first thing was about my language. And I asked God to help me and he did and my, and my language changed and, and the swearing dropped out of my life. Another area was, was around at, at that early 18, 19, 20 years of age was around how I treated girls. You know, my, my RP group of friends was like, have a relationship with a girl, get whatever you can out of it, dump them and then go on to the next one. And that's what I find, found, found myself doing, going into relationships for what I could get out of it rather than what could I give. And our God challenged me on that one. And I had to repent of that and apologise. And, and, and that was an area that changed. And once I worked it out, then I started a relationship with Michelle, my wife, which, which, which continued and still has today. Once I worked out that relationship about what you could give, not what you could get, that was another area where I had to go against the flow. But it's also true for me today. And, and let me say that if you're new to Christianity, there's going to be a number of areas of your life where you're going to have to go against the flow because you're just starting out. You've been living for yourself. You've been living the way the world lives. And now God's grabbed a hold of you. And now you're called to live a new way as you learn what I, um, how God wants you to live, how God wants you to respond. But, but, but even as a, as a Christian, God is, is continuing to do a work in our lives. God is continuing to transform us. God is continuing to change us. And this is true for me. In, in, our, in our life groups at LifeGate Church, we've been asking um, four accountability questions every life group because we want to be transformed to be more like Jesus. And transformation happens through accountability. And, 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 and people asking us the same questions around how are we going with the things that we're struggling with. And uh, one of the questions that we ask is around what's God saying to you and what's our next step. And one of the things God challenged me on recently is about calling people names. Now, sometimes I call people names out of fun. I might call someone a buffet because it's fun and, and they're doing something silly and have a laugh about it. That's, now, sometimes I, I, I call people names where, I, where, where it's not fun because I'm cranky, not to their face, but behind their back because I'm really cranky or frustrated. But uh, God, God confronted me on this because in society today, name calling is normal. When you're at the sport and you yell at the referee or you yell at players, you, you uh, call them names. But that's not right for God's people. So God has challenged me on name calling. And over the last couple of months, I've been challenged on that and, and I've had to rethink the way I speak, and I'm slowly changing and dropping the name calling because it's not what God wants for my life. It's not his best. And I want to live in all life and, and all in life. So I need to go against the flow in, in that area. And if we're honest, we all have areas where God wants us to go against the flow. You know, society for us throws at us um, how they want us to respond, how they want us to live. And I, and I want to bring up some of those things briefly where society is really loud, where society says, this is okay, this is normal, where actually God says, it's not okay, it's not normal. So let me, let me give you um, a, a list of things where society says is normal, where, where our God says is not. And, and as I go through the, this list, I, I invite you to pray and say, God, speak to me. 
ask the Holy Spirit to convict you and show you the areas of your life where you need to go against the flow. And maybe some of the things I, I read out from this list um, touch your heart and God, and God speaking to you and, and you need to confess that as wrong and, and repent and live differently. Or maybe there's stuff not on this list that our God is going to convict you of by spirit. But here's the list, list of things where society says is okay, but our God says is not okay. The first one is around sex. Now, God says sex in marriage is great, but sex outside of marriage is, is not okay and it's not God's best. And society says sex outside of marriage is normal and okay. Society says living together before you're married is okay, where it's, as God says it's not. Sex when you're engaged or you're deeply committed to each other is okay, but God says it's not. Society says looking at pornography is okay, but God says it's not. Society says same-sex marriage is okay, well, God says is not. There's a heap of stuff around sex that our society says is okay, which, which our God says is not. But now let me talk about your social group. Your, your, the, uh, the uh, people you hang around, because they have a culture of their own. You know, most social groups that are younger th think drinking, drinking alcohol to excess is okay. Well, actually, God says it's not okay. Taking drugs, your peer group says, might say taking drugs is okay, but the reality says, but, but the Bible says it's not okay. Lying to cover up wrongdoing. God says it's not okay. Swearing or rude joking. God says it's not okay. Your friends might say speeding in your car is okay, but God says it's not okay. Your friends might say spending hours in front of video games at the extent of spending time with your family is okay. No, God says it's not okay. Wearing clothes that aren't helpful for the opposite sex. Society says that's okay, where God says it's not okay. Gossiping, it's not okay. Being angry with someone and holding on to the anger. God says it's not okay, yet society says it is okay. Friends, they are all areas where we need to go against the flow. The flow. We need to go against the flow. That if we want to live an all-in life for Jesus, if we want to live a life that pleases Him, we need to make choices that go against the flow. Where society and our friends are choosing to do things that are outside God's best, we need to stand and say no. I'm not going to be part of that. Rather, I'm going to choose God's way. I'm going to choose to honour Him with my life and please Him. So as we come to the end of this message, here's the, here's the question for you today. In what area of your life do you need to go against the flow? I just listed a whole stack. Maybe the Holy Spirit convicted you another way. In what area of your life do you need to go against the flow? You know, I started talking about the whirlpool thing and how the water goes around and it goes really round and fast and, and, and you can float and the water continues to take you around and around, but going against it's very difficult. You know, it can be just like it's really difficult to go against the whirlpool. It can be really difficult to go against the flow. In preparation for this message, I told my wife what I was going to do. And she said to me, Nathan, we used to do a whirlpool and she's the youngest of her sisters and youngest in all her cousins. And she said she used to get in the pool with all her cousins and her brothers and not her brothers, her sisters, and they would get in that whirlpool and it would go so fast that she would struggle to get out. And she would have to ask for help for someone to, to, to pull her out of the, to the, um, out, of the pool, out of the whirlpool up to the stairs so she could get out of the pool. She needed help. 
And the reason I share that story is because it's the same with us. You know, sometimes we are so caught up in what society says is okay and we're living the same way and that we're just caught up in the flow. And we need someone to help pull us out of that whirlpool and to get us on to God's agenda. And the first person we need to go to, friends, is God. You know, when we ask God to move in our life, He is desiring that. He desires that we pursue Him. And when we ask Him, God moves in our heart and brings transformation to our lives. He changes our desires. He changes our mindsets. He changes our desires. He changes our thinking. And He transforms us so we actually desire what God wants for us rather than copying what society says. The first person to go to is God. But then God has also put people in our world. He set up God's church so that we are part of a community. And for some of us who are in the room, some of us who are watching this online, God wants you to go to someone and say, hey, I'm struggling in this area. Will you hold me accountable? Will you help me get through it? And that could be a peer, a Christian who you know who can journey with you. Maybe it's your youth pastor or your life group leader or some leader in your church community. Or maybe you need professional help. Maybe you need to go to a counsellor or a psychologist or, or, or someone who, a professional that can help you work through some of, your, some of your stuff. And the reality is, friends, we've all got it. I, sh- I, I shared about my, about my name calling, which I'm working on and changing, and I've shared that with my life group so they can hold me accountable to that. And the reality is if we want to change, you know, sometimes we need help. And I've talked about two ways of getting help. Number one, going to God. Number two, going to another person to get help. So finally, in what area of your life do you need to go against the flow? In what area of your life do you need to go against the flow? I'm going to give you 30 seconds just to pray and ask God by His Spirit to minister to you, to speak to you about these areas. And if God convicts you of an area, tell Him, confess it, God, I'm sorry for that. And choose to go against the flow. Choose to live a life that honours God. Spend 30 seconds just praying. You know, the, the, the very first step in going against the flow is by committing your life to Jesus. And if you've not yet done that, or you've done that in the past, and you've wandered from God, you've followed the flow of society, and, and, and if that's where you're at and you want to return to God, or you want to come to Him for the first time, I'm going to give you the opportunity to become a Christian today. We're going to pray a prayer, and by praying this prayer, you're saying, God, I want to live a life that honours you. I want to live a life for you. So I'm going to pray this prayer and I encourage you to pray it after me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to live a life for Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer and you're watching this online, I encourage you to click on the, the Our Prayer tab. And, and uh, one of our team will connect with you because we want to help you. Or if you're watching this in, in a room with a bunch of believers, I encourage you to tell someone who you're with today, who invited you today. If you're in one of our facilities, go out to the Start Here desk 
and they will and tell them that you prayed the prayer because we want to help you live a life that's all in, live a life that goes against the flow. And, and God has put people around you to help you in that. But as we finish, I want to pray for each one of us who's going to choose to go against the flow. Maybe God's convicted you with stuff, you've prayed about it, but now I want to pray for you as we close. Father, I want to pray for every person who's recognised that they're going with the flow in a certain area of their life. And, and they've recognised that it's wrong and they recognise they need to change. Father, I pray that by Your Spirit that You would touch their life, that You would change their heart, that You would change their mind and that You would put in them a desire to honour You. Father, I pray You'll put people around them that can hold them accountable, that can support them in this new way of living. And Father, may they see great change. May they see great transformation in, in their lives as You do Your work in them by Your Spirit. We thank You, Lord, for what You're going to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for being part of this. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. 